If you've been following these talks, you'll remember that James started his letter by telling us how to cope with trials. Not just big trials, but the little ones as well. The day-to-day -day irritations, the ones that trip you up regularly. He said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Well, you should have mastered that by now. You have had time to practice. By now, you'll be noticeably more patient. You'll be a good few steps down the way to becoming that perfect and complete, more mature Christian. You'll be more like Jesus. Harder to get ruffled. How are you doing? Are you any different now than you were when we started? Have you changed at all? Well, listen to what James has to say next. James chapter 1 verses 22 to 25. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. Wise man that he is, James knows the kind of us. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, he says. If you listen to God's word but it doesn't change anything, you're kidding yourself. How come? Well, James explains with an illustration. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Suppose one of your colleagues walks into work with marmalade on his face. You ask him, did you not look in the mirror this morning? And he says back, of course I looked in the mirror. I look in the mirror every morning. In fact, I spent more than half an hour looking in the mirror. What did you see? You ask. Well, I saw a fine, handsome face, strong, manly features, a winsome smile, perfectly combed hair. But did you not see the marmalade? Marmalade? Oh yes, I think I did see that, but I forgot about it. How could you forget about that? It's all over your face. Well, I was busy. I meant to wipe it off, but I never got round to it. And here he is, striding into work, thinking what a fine, good-looking man I am, and everybody's laughing at him. Jim says the Bible is like a mirror. It shows you things about yourself. It shows up sins. It reveals imperfections. Sometimes it shows you things you'd rather not see. But you pay attention, 
you respect what it says, you receive it with meekness, and you say to yourself, I really must do something about that. But then you get busy, you don't get round to it, and you forget. You hear a sermon, you're challenged by it. Maybe you would even go so far as to say you're convicted by it, and you think, I really have to change. But you go home, you get the dinner sorted, you have a snooze in the afternoon, and the next day you're back to work and you don't get round to making the changes you forget. And so you go on, thinking everything is all right, but you're making no progress, sins that are offensive to God are not being dealt with, you're not the fine, good-looking Christian that you think you are, you're deceiving yourself. Have you realised just how serious that is? Listen to these words from Matthew chapter 13. It has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have abundance, but whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. You know, I'm convinced that there are churches today where God's word isn't taught. Because in times past when it was taught, God's people didn't make proper use of it. And I'm also convinced that there are Christians who have become hardened to God's word. They're very familiar with it, but because they haven't been putting it into practice, now when they read, all they see is theological curiosities and intellectual challenges, and they're in great danger because they think they're doing okay. Well, they spend so much time in the Word, don't they? Jesus said, and this is from Matthew chapter 7, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many mighty wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Those verses really put across the seriousness of the kind of deception we're thinking about. There'll be people who think they're Christians and Jesus will say to them, I never knew you. The mark of a genuine Christian is that he does the will of the Father. The ones who never change are in for a shock. Now that's scary stuff. The man who doesn't do what God says in his word is deceiving himself. James doesn't stop there. He goes on. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. James doesn't want anyone to be left with the idea that to obey the word of God is a negative thing. People who aren't Christians have that idea, don't they? They think it must be an awful bind to have to obey God's word. But James calls God's word the perfect law of liberty. 
God's word is perfect in every way. It's perfectly suited to us too, because it perfectly matches our nature. God made us, so God knows exactly what is best for us. And that's why nobody is so free as the person who does what God's word says. He's doing exactly what he was made to do and he's doing exactly what is best for him. And he is doing what will give him most happiness, most joy, most contentment, most satisfaction. And that is why James can say, this one will be blessed in all he does. The life of obedience is a life of blessing. Think back over some of the sermons you've heard through the years. Some of them, I know, were more memorable than others. Some of them challenged you, didn't they? But how many of them changed you? Are you a different person than you were last year? Five years ago? Ten years ago? How much have you grown as a Christian? How much more are you like the Lord Jesus? How much closer are you to being perfect and complete? Have you moved at all? Have you even lost ground on some things? If you're not making progress, according to James, you are deceiving yourself and missing out on the blessing God would have you enjoy. You know, I think we've come to expect too little of ourselves. We've come to think that growth and progress in the Christian life has to be painfully slow. Wherever did we get that idea from? God's word would have us believe that our progress should be rapid. I hear Christians saying things like, God has been teaching me these past few years to trust him more. Or, I think God is trying to teach me to be patient. You know what statements like that are? They're excuses for laziness. If you know God wants you to be more patient, and his word says you should, then go and be more patient. If God says, trust me more, and he does, then trust him more. We've deceived ourselves into thinking that progress in the Christian life has to be a slow, painful process, and I mean slow. That's why, over a lifetime, believers make so little progress in godliness, and it's why we have so few really godly people these days. So get to it. Make a list of the things you know from God's word that you have to change. Make a plan and get to it. Discipline yourself. Do what you know you have to do and keep doing it until it becomes second nature to you. And even get help if you need it. You've got to make change happen. Does this all sound like a lot of effort and hard work? Of course it does. And it is. What was it Jesus said? Strive to enter through the narrow gate. Agonizo is the Greek word that's translated strive there. And you don't have to be a Greek scholar to know what word we get from that. Agonize. Strive. 
That's the kind of effort that's got to go into being a Christian. Jesus also said, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. We don't change because we don't put in the work. We think that when we've listened, that's all we have to do. We walk away from the mirror and we forget. If all the sermons you ever heard were joined up, it would probably make for a very long winter. But if you had changed as you should have in response to even half of them, what a godly man or woman you would be. Is this talk going to change you? But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, James says. Mm-hmm.